630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. Dreisaitl's got it back. 10 seconds to play. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Flames and the Panthers scoreless early in the second period. Same part of the game. Islanders up 1-0 on the Blue Jackets. Oilers visit the Islanders on Saturday. Late in the first, it is 4-0. The Lightning leading the Stars. Also late in the first, Red Wings up 1-0 on the Senators. A few games just getting underway and a few more coming up later. We will keep you updated throughout the evening here on 6.30 Ched. So the Oilers have that game against the Islanders on Saturday. Saturday and a game against the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow. Mika Koskinen will be in net for Edmonton. How much longer is Cam Talbot going to be an oiler? Rumors continue to swirl that he's on his way to Philadelphia. We'll talk about that as we move along tonight. By the way, tomorrow's game, don't forget, 4 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Ched, and the puck will drop at 5.30. Plenty of hockey talk later on in the show, but we are going to dive back into... The world of the Edmonton Eskimos. Man, they've been making some headlines this week. Oh, guess what? They signed another free agent today. Anthony Parker gets a one-year contract. Canadian receiver. You will mostly remember him as a member of the Calgary Stampeders, but he spent 2018 with BC Lions, played in nine games, seven passes for 99 yards, six punt returns for 119 yards. A little bit of uh, Canadian depth there. Anthony Parker joining the Edmonton Eskimos. Trevor Harris. Wearing number seven, visited the Eskimos locker room today, and he sat down with Morley Scott. Well, Trevor, let's start just looking up over your shoulder there. Number seven, Trevor Harris, with an Eskimos logo beside it. Uh, how does that feel? Uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's obviously an amazing feeling to be able to come here and uh, you know be a part of this tradition, be a part of this team organization, and I'm just beyond grateful and ecstatic to be here. What a difference from the last time you were in this stadium to now. I'm a much happier day today. Yeah, a lot happier. Uh, it's washing away the old memory, but uh, it doesn't take away from the learning experience that that was, and uh, I look forward to using that learning experience and taking it into this year and then uh, using it to, to better the results. Funny how life turns out sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I texted uh, Danny, uh, who's one of my best friends in the world, and uh, he, I just said, man, we're teammates again, you know, when it, shortly after I'd signed, and uh, he just responded, wow, life, you know, and it's just amazing how life is, you know, just never, always catch you by surprise, there's always some awesome things that happen, and sometimes when you close chapters, you never know that uh, you're going to have the same opportunity to be friends with somebody again and be in the same locker room, so I'm just grateful. Why is Edmonton a good fit? Obviously, you know, in terms of the roster that Brock has built, but first and foremost, it it's the fact of his leadership and the culture that he wants to set. And then aside from that is, you know, who's coaching you? And, and then all of a sudden also 
as a team building a championship caliber team, do you, are you going for the championship now? And those are the teams you want to play for. Those are the teams you want to, you know, be at and you want to be a part of something great. And, you know, obviously those things were enticing to me, just the leadership and the fact that I was able to, uh, you know, be a part of a team that is going after it. There's guys here you know. There's guys that came with you that you know. Uh, the comfort level must be uh, uh, pretty refreshing you to come and start a new chapter of your career, but you still got a lot of familiar faces around on the coaching staff and in the dressing room. Yeah, of course, and continuity is always a great thing, especially in such a team sport because, you know, although the, a lot of the spotlight is put on the quarterback, it's just as much about the O-line, the running backs, the receivers, uh, the fullbacks, the defensive line, linebackers, secondary, everybody's involved. And, um, you know, obviously having that continuity with Greg but and Servi is, is huge. But, uh, you know, I would just want to do everything I can to get in here, uh, buy into the culture, and get everybody pulling in that same direction, and that's really what it's about. Uh, what are your recollections of Jason Moss as a coach? You had him in Toronto. He was your quarterback's coach when you came into the league. Uh, tell me about that experience with him then and how you've watched him grow into a head coach. You know, he came into the league, and, you know, I can just tell from day one he had a, he had a plethora of knowledge of the game of football. But I've yet to experience somebody that is so humble to learn the game, so hungry to learn the game, uh, that has that passion, that fire to to learn anything that he can and turn over every stone. And in that way, uh, Coach Moss and I are insanely similar. Is We're always turn, trying to flip over new stones to learn anything we can. We're looking for that 1% improvement every single day. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of him, he's just a fiery guy and he's very, very intense. And in that way, we're, the, we're a lot of the same. And so I just really look forward to looking, uh, to working with him and it's going to be a lot of fun. You went from Toronto to Ottawa as a free agent. Now you're going from Ottawa to Edmonton. What did you learn the first time around about going to a new team that you might put in place this time as you get prepared uh, for your Eskimos uh, for Eskimos first training camp? You know, as I've as I've aged, I've learned a lot about leadership, and and I think that it's the single most important factor. Leadership and culture are the single most important factors in in organizations if you win or lose. And and I think that the knowledge that I've learned about leadership and where I've gone in that way and how how much I've been able to uh, attain and sort of knowledge has been huge for me and I can't wait to put that knowledge to use and uh, just come be a part of this. I talked earlier with uh, offensive coordinator Jordan McSimmick and uh, very impressed. His first time he's met you and talked to you, I uh, said very impressed about what you want to accomplish and the way you want to approach things. Uh, what is these couple of days that you're here, what is it like for you to kind of get immersed in, in the Eskimos offense, which is, I imagine, pretty familiar to what you've had in Toronto and Ottawa a little bit. What's that whole experience for you like, just getting to know everybody and, and getting to look at the playbook? And you know, I, I do look forward to the time that I do get to do that, but I don't think we're, we can at this point, so it's for me, it's just about getting a feel for the city, and uh, hopefully, I'm able to to maybe squeeze in some throws here with some of the guys, or you know, get a workout in. But uh, it's it's more just about getting acclimated to the city, and you know, seeing what the organization is, and getting a chance to shake hands and look everybody in the eye and tell them how excited I am to be here, and get immersed with you know how things are run here. I think you flew in yesterday. Did you get recognized at the airport or anything? Have you had any uh, no. any interaction with Eskimo fans yet? Uh, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. But uh, I look forward to uh, you know making memories here with my teammates and. Uh, making making the guys in this locker room all all rock stars around this community. Where are you spending the offseason now? Uh, I'm in Ohio right now with my wife and little man. So. Yeah. And then here, obviously, for training camp. Yep, yep. They'll up. come up with me. They'll come up with me for the season. So we really look forward to it. And uh, right when my right when free agency opened, it was uh, it was awesome because you know it's you make bang bang decisions. And my wife was like, you you need to go to Edmonton. 
and was really I said it with conviction and I was like I think you're right and you know it was what I was thinking you know immediately you know when I kind of laid it all on the table and so we made the call and here we are and we're really excited about it. Happy wife, happy life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, have you looked out at the field? It doesn't look much different. Still covered in snow and ice. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's still icy, <laughs> still icy. So hopefully that uh, thaws out by uh, by May and June. Trevor, thanks for this. Congratulations and uh, welcome to Edmonton. Yeah, no, I appreciate being here. Thank you. There is the quarterback, Trevor Harris, in town today, number seven for the Edmonton Eskimos, talking to Morley Scott. His head coach, Jason Moss, up next on Inside Sports. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chan Inside Sports. It sure is mysterious voice, man. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about Northern Chicken's brunch Sunday, 11 a.m. until 2, featuring biscuits and gravy with smashed potatoes. Visit NorthChickenYEG.com. Trevor Harris in town. Just heard him talking to Morley Scott. They had an availability today at Commonwealth Stadium. And Dave Campbell talked to Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Well, Jason, here we are, a couple days removed from the opening of free agency where you were very, very busy. And I know you got about three months until training camp opens, but tell me on February 14th, uh, how are you feeling about your football team right now? Uh, feeling very confident. Um, you know, I feel like we've definitely strengthened our football team through free agency, uh, brought in very much quality people, quality players um, on both sides of the ball, all three phases. Um, so, you know, you got to be excited about that as a, head, as a head coach. And, you know, you want competition in camp. You know, obviously we know there's going to be guys that are looked at as starters right off the bat. But the guys that we've brought in are, have the mentality talking with them that they're going to earn that too and uh, that's what you're excited about so um, you know we've you know with so many new guys the one thing you do focus on is your culture and making them understand what it is about here in Edmonton and um, how important it is to have a great locker room in this city and um, in this franchise so you know everyone needs to first and foremost buy into that but on paper if once we do that yeah. you're excited about what could potentially could happen you know a tough start to free agency i know this organization did everything in their power to bring back number 13 mike Riley, but he's a bc line now but what's your reflection on you know working with mike Riley? and hey now i gotta turn the page yeah i mean uh we will. We have turned the page. We will turn the page. There's, there's no question about that. I'm so focused on Trevor and trying to make him the best quarterback he can be and lead our team to a great cup. Um, but when I do look back on Mike, I mean, it's difficult for me because I, I got about as close as you can get to a quarterback, and uh, you know, love him and his family and care a lot about him, and um, you know, felt like you give him everything you you have, and um, you know, it's. It was disappointing when he decided to move on, to be quite honest with you personally. Um, but I wish him the best because I know this was a decision that wasn't all about football. It was family had a lot to do with it. And so you're thankful that he's able to further continue his career and be happy with all phases of his life. But uh, to say that I wasn't disappointed is, wouldn't be accurate. Um, you know, and for reasons. I mean, Mike's about this. You know, he, he he's a great worker. He's fun to be around. He's a great leader. He's 
a great quarterback, someone that you know you, you get excited about coaching and and things like that. And he's a great friend. I mean, at the end of the day, we he and I've spent. I've spent more time with Mike than probably my family in the last three years when I add up the hours that I've spent with Mike. So, you know, you get close to to, to somebody and care about them, and, um, you know, that's why, I mean, I'll never root against the guy. I mean, I'll always be excited when we compete against BC and compete against him. Um, so, you know, I, again, I'm excited that he that he is where he is, and I, had, I was fortunate enough to coach him. That's At the end of the day, I, that's after disappointment and after all the reflection. When I look back on coaching people, I was very fortunate to coach Ricky Ray and be a teammate of his. Very fortunate to coach Henry Burris for one year. And, you know, Mike Riley, I'll look back on one day, and I do now, and think, wow, that was pretty special. And it was special to coach him. Um, but when I look forward to Trevor, I mean, the guys I just named coaching-wise, I'm just as excited to coach Trevor as I am any of those other three guys. And for a lot of the same reasons, Trevor comes to work every day. He's consistent with his his work ethic. Uh, I've seen it up close and personal. I know how much he puts into football, how much he loves football. Um, you know, I know how hungry he is to win a Grey Cup, uh, how badly he wants to do that this year in Edmonton. So I know he's going to pull out everything to do that. Um, you know, so I get excited about working with people like that. And already for me, it's icing on the cake because I already know Trevor. I, I know him extremely well. Uh, it's really just about reconnecting because everybody grows and becomes different. I mean, I knew Trevor as a rookie. So, you know, you're a lot different eight years into your career having a, a wife and a kid. And, um, you know, so life happens and you change a little bit. But the things that I've, I've seen of, of him haven't changed. The way he approaches the, the, the day, the way he approaches work, the way he approaches the game, the way he talks to people, uh, the way he's engaging, all those things haven't changed. So, you know, it's more of just getting to know him personally again and and things like that. But I couldn't be more excited uh, today, um, you know, thinking about everything that's transpired. Uh, I don't think many people could say that when you lose a guy like Mike. But to say you're truly excited about the direction your team's going with Trevor at the helm is pretty cool. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss joining us here on 6:30 Chat Inside Sports. You know, we asked Trevor on uh, on Tuesday during our coverage, and you know, he and you mentioned the names: Ricky Ray, Henry Burris. Now it'll be Mike Riley, and he's had to replace all of them. And he said, "I don't know anything different. Like this is what I've done throughout my career. You gotta love that attitude coming in." Well, yeah, and I, I think you know when when an organization entrusts you to replace guys like those three mm-hmm. individuals, it says something about you as well. I mean, um, and I don't believe watching Trevor play in any of those three places that he's been a detriment to any of those clubs either so uh, or any of those other two and I know it's not going to be the case here so um, you know he's he's always held up his end of the bargain um, when he's been called upon and asked to, to, to perform and you know he's led a team to a to a great cup um, you know he's battled through things and uh, he's battle tested and so he's prepared for this moment and uh you know the best part about trevor and we he and i talked about it said you don't you obviously have done a good job doing this but Mm -hmm. particularly here you don't have to replace mike riley the person you just got to replace him on the field as a quarterback and that's what you are you're a quarterback and uh just be yourself that's that's what we signed up for we signed up for trevor harris we didn't sign up for anybody else so you know that's who we need and that's what you are and so just be you and the way what you've done through your career will be good enough for us. 
nine starters potentially you start you signed on uh, on Tuesday, and that's a lot. And there's going to be the cohesion period and the chemistry period, and that's going to happen in training camp. Um, you've been around a while as a player, and even you know as a coach. And I know you're involved in free agency, giving your input. Ha- has recruiting kind of changed a little bit? Because when you look at the players you brought in, Trevor brings over Greg Ellingson, Sir Vincent Rogers. He recruits Tavares Daniels to come here, and you look on the defensive side. You know Anthony Orange spent some time here. You got two players that played with uh, with Philip Lawley and Hamilton and uh, Larry Dean and Don Yanamba and Javon Santos Knox is an excellent signing. Uh, but is recruiting kind of different now? Like it, like teams looking are looking for connections. Well, I think I think football is a small world, anyways. So there's always. Uh, what did they say? Six degrees of separation, or whatever it is. I mean, you're you're not too far removed from everybody in our league yeah. by knowing people. And so, when players notice players, and play, play, players have respect for each other, and when you're a great player, people notice it. When you've done well in big games, people notice it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, like Brock alluded to this, there was two quarterbacks who led their team to the Great Cup this year. Trevor was one of them. Mm-hmm. People notice that. So, your ability as a franchise quarterback, that's the ultimate thing, is to lead a team to a Great Cup title, but get to the game. I mean, you have to get to the game. So, you know, Trevor did that, and I think it was noticed by a lot of his peers. And, obviously, when you bring over your number one receiver from the previous year, you bring over your starting left tackle, mm-hmm. those are two different animals. When your left tackle says, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to protect this guy again, he's a winner, and he's willing to sign up, that tells you something about the way Trevor is in a locker room, the way he approaches the game, all those things. You know, when Greg, who's, you know, his job is to catch a ball and make something happen, he believes in Trevor and he comes over that says something. That is Jason Moss, head coach of your Edmonton Eskimos, talking to Morley Scott earlier in the half hour. He heard from Trevor Harris, the Eskimos' new quarterback. If you would like to chime in, I believe we had somebody calling in earlier, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. I got a couple of texts about the Oilers I'm going to get to. And you will also meet Lucas Perry, this week's 630 Ched MVP. He's an incredible story. All coming up on Inside Sports. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Late in the first period in Moose Jaw, no score between your Edmonton Oil Kings and the Warriors. In the NHL, second period, Panthers lead the Flames 1-0, Islanders up 2-0 in Columbus, Red Wings with a 2-1 edge on the Senators, Lightning up 4-0 on Dallas. In the first period, no score, Canadians and Predators, the Avalanche have jumped ahead of the Jets 2-1, Landeskog has his 30th of the season. Oilers at Carolina tomorrow. At New York Islanders on Saturday, we'll have both games for you here on 6.30. Ched, Jared texting in. He says, I know little about hockey, but here's my amateur opinion. With Jesse Pugliarvi, he is what he is. His game is simply not tight enough. He can't handle the puck in tight. He can't handle it in traffic. His turning radius with and without the puck, way too wide. His stopping on transition takes too long. His acceleration out of turns and stops is mediocre at best. His release on all of his shots is slow. When he hits, he's all upper body and no legs. In the corners, he's weak on the puck. He has no change of pace in his skating game and average lateral movement. When he gets the puck, he slows down to a Ryan Smith pace. I always wondered what anybody saw in him. Just another overhyped, big, semi-slug who has decent practice skills but becomes totally useless in a game. But he has a nice smile. That is a text from Jared, who knows me well, 
Always try to say at least something positive. The Big L says, hey, Reed, sad, but once again, it's become a perennial thing to say this team is done. Early April, don't know how they are going to get out of this cap mess. Hopefully they can trade some contracts for lower picks, but I can't see them acquiring any players of significance without giving up quality assets. This is not just a retool. It's more like a serious roster refurbishment. That is from the Big L. Well, here's the thing. Sekera has had his conditioning stay in Bakersfield extended by two games. The Condors and the AHL have won 13 straight. They have a home-and-home against the Kings Farm team, the Ontario Reign, tomorrow and Saturday. They need to clear about $1.2 million, the Oilers do, to activate Sekera off injured reserve. If they did indeed trade Cam Talbot for Brian Elliott... That would be uh, almost 4.2 going out and 2.75 coming in. So they would have the room. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of chatter that that trade could be imminent. So something to keep in mind. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have John on the line. Good evening, John. Hi, Reed. Man, now is the most fun on, on Tuesday in a sports day at Edmonton for a long, long time. Holy cow, that was exciting. I got to thank our, our general manager and our coaches for organizing a new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams. I want to thank Mike Riley for thinking that he's going to win more great cups in BC. Because I'm not sure, Reed, that we would have had all this change if he was still here. I guess you'd try and still sign. But you know what? Who cares? We got the Ottawa connection was absolutely huge. Those guys. We're familiar with Sunderland and Moss. The Hamilton connection with Mr. Jolly, defensive coordinator. Man, we replaced our receiving core. We got a new linebacking core and a good cover guy. So my biggest thanks goes Reed to Brock Sutherland to have a plan B that is so well organized to do nine deals and nine contracts. And as a fan, with each one signing here, the fun just kept on getting better and better. And so I hope some of the fans that sent uh, disappointing letters to the Eskimos next last year, they'll, they'll get some season tickets and start getting pumped for this season. Because I think this is just going to be a lot of fun. And the best part to me, uh, Reed, was the players that are coming here being happy and enthusiastic and want to come to Edmonton, to the city of champion people. You know, and previous players being complimentary too, Reed. It just, that was just so heartwarming. John, it's great to hear you in such a good mood, buddy. Thanks for listening tonight. Oh, and uh, 7.30 tonight, we're scheduled to be joined by Jovan Santos-Knox, the new linebacker for the oh, Eskimos. Oh, that's perfect. Thanks a lot, Reed. Talk okay. Right on. That is John, one of uh, our loyal listeners and callers here on 630 Ched to Inside Sports. Always happy to hear from him. 780-496-0063. Uh, here's what we got to do. We got to take a quick timeout. We have an incredible story coming up after the break. Lucas Perry, young hockey player, Bantam AAA, horrific injury just over a year ago. He's going to tell you how he's ban- bounced back. He's this week's 6:30 Chet MVP. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 6:30 Chet. Hey, good to have you tuning in tonight. Really appreciate it. 
Still 1-0 Calgary trailing the Panthers now through two periods in Sunrise, Florida. We'll give you the full NHL scoreboard after the 7 o'clock news. The Oil Kings are now done the first period in Moose Jaw. No scoring in that game. Hey, every week we feature the 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. This athlete also featured on Global News this past Tuesday. You can get the video on the MVP section of 630Ched.com and the MVP gets Under Armour Apparel. And this week's MVP, an incredible story. Please welcome from the KFC Bantam AAA hockey team defenseman Lucas Perry. Lucas, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, great to be on the show and uh, kind of a cool experience. Well, that's very nice to hear. It's great to have you on the show and congratulations on being this week's 630 Chet MVP and, and you have a, a pretty incredible story. Can you take us back to December of 2017 and, and your finger injury and, and what happened out of all that? Yeah. So uh, I was at my uh, game I was with the CAC AA Golden Arrow at the, t- at the time. And uh, it was like late in the third, and uh, I go to block a shot, and it hits my finger. It, it breaks. I go off the ice, and it's standard, like get it in a splint. And we could have gone to the hospital the next morning, but we decided, okay, let's go tonight. We just went to the closest hospital we could, uh, we could uh, try to get an x-ray. And so after, it took a while to get into the x-ray room. So it was already really late when I left the game. It was like 10. But when I got out of the x-ray room, it was like, I don't know, like 1230. And uh, I hadn't had anything to drink since my game. So I was super dehydrated. And I was pretty tired. And I kind of was in shock when I saw the break in my finger on the x-ray screen. And I fell over in the hospital, hit my head, and I was uh, stood a skull fracture on the right side of my head and uh, concussion, and my brain started as well. Well, all right. Well, that sounds really scary. So what happened after that? Weren't you in a medically-induced coma for a while? Yeah, so over they kept me overnight, and they decided I needed to go to the salary, so they transferred me. And in the ambulance, that's actually, I remember a little bit of that, but nothing else. And so when I get to the story, they do some tests and, like, keep me in the room for a while. And they take me to operating room and put me into a coma, medically induced coma. And I was in a coma for four days. And, uh, yeah, so that was, I don't really know what that was like. It must have been... I was probably pretty scared, but I don't really remember any of it, so. Right. Well, that is a pretty scary experience, but obviously you, you've come out of it pretty well. Once you, you came out of the coma and you were sort of, sort of able to get, uh, get going again, what type of shape were you in? Tell us a little bit about the rehab you had to go through. So I was being fed through a tube, right? So I was being fed just uh, liquid New, like just basic stuff that I need to stay alive and so I lost 10 or 12 pounds in the hospital and I had to gain all that muscle mass back so uh, I couldn't really get going right off the bat so in the hospital I had uh, occupational therapist come help me with my motor skills so like moving my fingers and putting 
like just working on hand-eye coordination and little stuff like that. And once I got out, I was at home for a while, just trying to get back into the move of things and getting used to being out of the hospital again. And then after a while, I was able to start training uh, at the gym. And I got a, I had a trainer, and that was really great. We worked all summer, and yeah. Were you ever worried you weren't going to be able to play hockey again? Very. So, at the in the hospital, I was in three different uh, parts of the hospital in my uh, eleven days there. So I was in intensive care for what four days? Yeah. For four days, I was in the ICU about, and then I got moved to a room with a few other patients with just blinds you could close so you could have a little bit of privacy. They were all in, like, kind of a brain injury kind of wing ward, and then uh, I got moved to my own room after that, and so uh, I had my own room with my parents to stay there. And that's when uh, people from the Glen Rose came in, the Glen Rose Rose Rehabilitation Center. And uh, they came in and they did some assessments and stuff like that. And then they told me, or actually from the start, as soon as I could, like, talk to people and stuff, they're saying, yeah, it's probably going to be, like, a full year before you can start playing hockey. And by then, tryouts would be over, right? So uh, I was pretty sad at that but in uh after i've done i did a lot of stuff in the hospital with my occupational therapist but then when i got out i had to go to glenrose and they said i'd probably be an inpatient so like going back every day and then i went for my original assessment at the glenrose and i was already doing way better than i thought i was doing and they said come back in six months and we'll see where you're at and so uh, I was just waiting for that, and I just kept going to see my doctor. And in March, he said that I could get back on the ice for tryouts, and that was um, incredible. Well, that must have felt great. Good for you. Lucas Perry joining us on Inside Sports. He's this week's 630 Chet MVP. He's telling him about his uh, recovery from uh, a brain injury back in December of 2017. Lucas, who were some of the people that were really supportive of you throughout this that, that really helped you get through everything? Um, my parents were at the hospital at all times with me. At least one of them was there. And a lot of my family came down to see me in the hospital uh some of them i don't remember when they came in so my uncle one of my uncles came in to see me when i was in intensive care but i don't remember it and then uh uh, all my aunts came down from my mom's side to see me when i was in the ward with the other patients and i remember all that and my uncle also drove down from or drove up from seattle to come see me and that was really good and they were all very supportive and helpful to me. And also, all my uh, mom's friends helped out with all her, like, food prep and stuff at home and taking care of my sisters. That was really great. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of people going to bat for you, which is really cool. Lucas, you've been through something that a lot of people don't experience and, and certainly often don't experience 
at your age. Has this changed the way that you look at, at, at head injuries and maybe people who have, have suffered head trauma? A little bit, yeah. I try to be a little bit more careful in what I do. Sometimes I make some bad decisions about what I'm trying to do, but like it all after being through this kind of thing, you kind of look at it in a way that it's like not some big scary thing that could happen to you. It's happened to you, and it's like something that you try to put behind you and not let it affect you. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job moving on, and obviously you got back onto the ice. How is your current hockey season going? Let us know how it's going with uh, Knights of Columbus. Um, We're doing very well. At the start of the season, we started off really great. Uh, We got hit a little rough patch uh, uh, Christmas time, but we got right back on our feet and uh, kept going. We... Uh, our first place in our division right now and only have two games left in the regular season. So we're trying to clean up our division and put us in the playoffs in first place. Now, what kind of a defenseman are you? Are you uh, uh, Brent Burns? Or are you an Adam Larson? Who, who, who do you play like? I play like Matt Niskanen, I like to say. So a little bit of offense, actually quite a lot of offense. But my, I, I'm trying to work on my defensive game a little bit still. It could, every, everywhere could always have something to work on. But I feel like I'm getting better every day. Well, good for you. Lucas, thanks for coming on the show tonight. You know, just wish you all the best as you, as you move forward here. And uh, you've shown incredible strength getting past that injury and getting back on the ice. Congratulations on this on being this week's 630 Chet MVP. I hope we can talk again. Thanks, again. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I hope to talk to you later. Right on. That is Lucas Perry checking in tonight. Bantam AAA hockey player with Knights of Columbus. And he told his story. Winds up uh, falling down, suffering a head injury, gets put in a coma, has to battle back from that, go through rehab, and was told initially you might not be able to make it for tryouts in the fall. This was just over a year ago. Well, he's back and he's playing. Man, that was awesome talking to Lucas, the 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. If you have somebody that you think fits the bill with a great story or a great accomplishment, you can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com, or you can just email me, inside sports at 630Ched.com, and we'll share that with our friends at Global as well, and uh, we'll get you on the tube as well as on the radio. Kellen, that was, I mean, we love talking to these MVPs. Great stories. We had uh, we had Kathy Crawford, the uh young lady who recently turned 90 mm-hmm. who uh, has been swimming and endeavors to swim a lap for every year of her recent birthday. Just so keep swimming. Talk to her. And uh, Lucas, man, I was, we, we may have to just get him on again and talk hockey. Definitely. He yeah. was good. For sure. I love that. Good for him. That was really good. He's battled back from a lot, and I think he was going to practice tonight, so hopefully that turns out well for him. All right. Uh, we got to 7 o'clock. News, traffic, and weather coming up with the one and only Trisha Kindleman. I'm looking through the window right now, see her hard at work at her computer, getting ready for her newscast. She'll be ready in time. We'll talk a little bit more about your Edmonton Oilers. Tough situation they are in. Steve Serdachny is going to join us after the news. That big family day classic starts tomorrow.
over at Terwilliger Rec Center. And Jovan Santos Knox, one of the new... We're going to be interviewing new Eskimos till the season starts. Yeah. Uh, another one of the guys signed in free agency on Tuesday. He comes over from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Jordy texting in about that last interview. He says, what an amazing kid to have that kind of focus and determination is truly inspiring. I wish him nothing but success. Absolutely. We're back after the 7 o'clock news. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.